Welcome to another episode of the Equip Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Claiborne, and after a long hiatus, I'm here once again with Benjamin Cant. That's how right. We, how are we doing, Ben? It has been a while, and I don't even know why. <laughs> That's That says something. Yeah, you traveled, I traveled. We had That's a right. lot of great pre-recorded content. That's right. Um, I sat down with Mike a few times. Um, but here we are, getting back after it. Love it. Because we got to talk about Summer in the Psalms. Summer in the Psalms. So, um, I've... Summer in the Psalms has been around since I've been around. I'm guessing it's been around since you've been around. Mm-hmm. But we've got um, a lot of newer people at New City that maybe aren't as familiar that, yes, yeah. this will happen every year in perpetuity. Mm-hmm. Uh, why did we, besides the fact that you love the Psalms, yep. why did we decide to do something in the Psalms every yeah. summer? Yeah. So I joked for a while, but it's it's true that in 2017, Damien just gave me a sermon series on the Psalms in the summer. He was like, would you want to do this? And uh, part of that's, as you said, I have this particular affection and affinity for the book of Psalms. And so uh, I think 2017 was our first summer in the Psalms series, and we've done it every summer since. Okay. And so, so that was my first summer at New City. So oh, wow. I think I just assumed. You didn't know that, that, that was that the that inaugural was, yeah, <laughs> summer like, in the oh, Psalms. Yeah, we just do, yeah, I guess that's what they do here. That's cool. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So we have a diet of, uh, w- you know, we, we believe the whole Bible really matters. And so a diet of, we begin the year in the spring with the New Testament, and we usually work through a New Testament book or a par- portion of one. In the summer, we do the Psalms, and then the fall, we do the Old Testament, and we kind of put in some one-off sermons or some vision mm-hmm. series in there every now and again, and common rhythm stuff, that kind of thing. Yeah. So that's a way for us to, uh, yeah, discipline ourselves to focus on the whole Bible, because we believe the whole Bible really matters. Uh, the Psalms in particular, though, have... They're at the heart of our Bibles in a very literal sense, right? You open up your Bible to the very middle, and you're going to open up to the Psalms somewhere. Mm-hmm. And and they're also at the heart of the Bible in a metaphorical sense in that it is God's – the whole Bible is God's word to humans, right? God's word to his people. But the Psalms are God's word to his people in the form of God's words from – or people's words back to God, if yeah. that makes sense. There's something really interesting about the Psalms in that sense. It's, it's God giving you words to give back to him. That's in exactly some ways. right. It's a very interesting dynamic. Yep, that's right. And so um, Bonhoeffer talked about it in the sense of uh, how does anybody learn how to speak? Well, they have their mom or their dad look at them and say, say mama, say dada, say thank you, say – and then they expect for them to take the words from their mother or father's lips in their own lips and repeat them back to them. That's what the Psalms are. Mm. God in his kind fatherliness is speaking his words to us, expecting we'd put them on our own lips and speak them back to him in prayer and praise yeah. and lament. And so um, and so, a, a healthy Christian, a healthy church will always have a really rich diet of feasting and praying and reading and meditating and memorizing the book of Psalms. Yeah. I'm going to put, I'm going to drop this pen right here and just to intrigue you and we'll come back to it in another episode, but you could put together a biblical theology of God teaching humans to speak Mm. because you could start with Adam. And one way of interpreting Adam naming the animals was Mm. that was God teaching Adam how to talk. That's so good. Because if what you said is true, we would say that probably has always been true. So if Adam's the first human, he would need to be taught by God to speak. Yes, that's so And then good. we have prophets who have God's word put in their on their lips, in their mouth. Then you have the Psalms, and I'm sure we could trace it to the New Testament. But we'll just... I love just that. Just a little intrigue for the listener, right? Maybe we'll do an episode on that, and we'll title it after my favorite book on the Psalms uh, by Eugene Peterson, which is called Answering God. I okay. just love that. He's basically saying the book of Psalms is, is our answering God. 
God's yeah. spoken first and now we answer him. Yeah. Very nice. And so, uh, you, you'd be hard pressed to find uh, people throughout history that haven't, uh, held the Psalms in as high of regard, uh, as I'm describing right now, except for right now. So in other words, we are an, we're an anomaly in church history. And the reason why is because we have something uh, really great, which is hymns and um, popular like contemporary worship music and yeah. these things that I love and am so grateful for. But historically, the church has said our primary form of worship, so think singing on Sunday mornings, is the book of Psalms. And then uh, there's historical precedents here, but mm-hmm. but the church ha- began to move away from that as the Psalms were turned into more hymns, uh, and then those hymns became kind of contemporary worship songs, and now we ra- rarely, if ever, sing the Psalms. Mm. And uh, and so many people will say that there's um, that that's a that's part of the diagnosis of the state of the church today. Yeah, is that we've moved away from God's inspired hymn book. And we've begun writing our own hymns and writing our own music. And the Psalms themselves say, sing a new song to the Lord. So I actually think that there's a biblical imperative to write yeah. our own songs. It's not what I'm saying. But but the treasury of the 150 prayers and praises in the book, in the book of Psalms, is I think supposed to fund and resource and be the, everything is derivative from the book of Psalms, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah. So it, I think it's, I bet it's that. And I would say too, and this is also, it's another thing that's not a bad thing. It's just more of an observation the way traditions like ours approach sermon series, you're never going to probably have a series that is, let's just preach through the Psalms Mm because it's like, it was 150 of them. So how many years are we talking about? Like, they're not necessarily consecutive. So it's like, what's the argument for doing them in the order they're in as a sermon series? And so I think we'll use this as kind of a pivot. I think we're kind of cutting through that by doing a generic series on the Psalms every summer that Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be any particular Psalms and we're picking a theme and then filling out that theme. So this was in, uh, it's in the news in our app already, but if you want to maybe take a couple minutes, just flesh out why is it the, this it's hunger and thirst. Mm -hmm. Why that theme this year? We've done other themes in the past. We'll do other themes in the future. What's why, why now? Yeah, that's a good question. So, the idea of hunger and thirst gets to something called spiritual appetites. So uh, that says that as human beings, uh, we are body and soul, right? And and that there is a, in our in the spiritual nature that we have, we have appetites that are uh, essentially analogous to our physical appetites. So physically, you breathe without thinking of it because your body needs oxygen. Physically, you sleep, uh, and if you go without sleep, you you pay for it because your body needs rest. Mm. Um, the two that are maybe most acute uh, are hunger and thirst. Um, in our bodies, we have this this experience, very visceral, very painful if you really experience it, and that is hunger, this need for food. Um, and then we all know that what what the experience of thirst is like as well. And so, basically, what what we're saying, and I think the Psalms lead us here, is to say. Those physical experiences are actually, those are signs. That's not the reality. Even though Mm. we experience those with more intensity, uh, those are signs that help us understand or point to the reality, which is our hunger and thirst for God himself. Now, that's uh, maybe a different way of looking at it. Um, the, 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 The experience we have bodily of hungering and thirsting, which means that we need food and we need water, 
has this parallel with or are signs that point to the fact that we hunger for God and we thirst for God, mm. that there is a uh, that we are f- spiritually famished and fear- spiritually parched if we don't feast on and drink deeply of God himself. And so the Psalms help us with that. The mm-hmm. Psalms actually uh, highlight that, point that out to us, make that connection really clear. And that's what we're going to spend the four weeks in June doing is looking at how the Psalms unpack this idea of spiritual appetites. Gotcha. Well, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it, it connects again. We can connect it back in scripture. We can connect it forward. We could think about the fact that we're given a drink and something to eat as a visible sign of the covenant. It's probably something to that. It's not just random. Yeah. Um, So with that theme in mind, what are, what are the Psalms that we picked? I mean, we've got a ton that we could probably choose from, but Mm -hmm. we had to narrow it down to four because we got four weeks to work with. So what four did you pick and why? Yeah, that's a great question. So Psalm 63 is where we're going to start. And Psalm 63 is a psalm of hunger and thirst. And the context really matters. David is in a literal wilderness. So read desert. Uh, he's in a very, as he describes it, a dry and weary land where there is no water. And so what's happening in that moment is David is in an external environment that is causing him to be hungry and thirsty. And because of that, it's actually, he's doing the right thing, which I think is what the Psalms are trying to teach us, which is my physical experience in this external environment of hunger and thirst in a desert wasteland reminds me of how my own heart, my inner world, uh, my internal world can become spiritually deserted. It can become spiritually a wilderness if I am not, if I'm not directing my my appetites, my hungers and thirsts spiritually towards the true source of food and the true source of drink. Mm. So David is, so I I love that about Psalm 63. It's actually set in a very literal sense in a desert. And then um, Psalm 42, we don't actually know the context, uh, which is true of a lot of the Psalms, but what we do know is the psalmist is in a space, it's Korah or Asaph, one of the two I can't remember right now. Let's leave it a mystery. We'll leave it a mystery. You'll find out in two weeks. That's right. Um, Psalm 42 is whoever this person is, they're in exile. They're not where they belong. Mm. They're not at home. They're not where in a place where they can worship and be with their people. And they're experiencing deep, deep spiritual thirst. So the first one's on hunger and thirst. The second one's on thirst. The third one's going to be on Psalm 119 and Psalm 19 and the way in which it talks about sweetness and okay. honey. So not only is there this like visceral hunger and thirst feeling, but there's also this sense of we have palates. Uh, we have tastes. Mm. We 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 have acquired tastes. We talk about this. Well, there's a way in which our palate spiritually and our acquired taste, spiritually speaking, uh, need to be developed over time. And Psalm 19 and 119 will help us with those. And then finally, Psalm 107, uh, Mike Allen's going to be preaching on kind of the history of hunger. Mm. Uh, so Psalm 107 is very long, and it's about the people of God how they have handled and mishandled their hungers and thirsts over time. So, so their desires, appetites, but conceived of as hungers. That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. Okay. So it, what is your, that's really helpful to kind of have big picture for each of these Psalms. Cause I, you know, you could have picked a variety of ones, but I think you hit on, I, I'm interested to hear where we get into with Psalm 119 and 19 and mm-hmm. just that, that connection there. Cause 63 and 42, 63, um, if you told me we were doing a series on hunger and thirst in the Psalms, I think I would think of that one because the opening verses. Mm-hmm. And then is Psalm 42, is that the one where it has the, as the deer that's pants right. for the water, so my soul longs after thee? Exactly. Yeah, okay. So it's like, that's the other one that's like, oh, that verse is like uh-huh. in there, but like 
in context what's going on in yes. that psalm that would help us make sense of yep. you know, what's going on with the deer. Yeah, that's right. So, so 63, we're going big on hunger. 42, we're going big on thirst. 119, we're going big on sweetness. And then 107, we're going on the, the history of God's people and how they've handled their hungers. Gotcha. And then we're also, we don't generally use this channel for news, but just may as well mention it here. We have a seek night that's kind of the that's night right. of kicking this sermon series off. So yep. between the four series, or the four sermons on the Psalms, the seek night, all of that kind of together, what's, what's kind of our big picture hope for people other yeah. than they'll be a hunger and thirst for God awakened within them, a hunger and thirst for righteousness. Yeah. If we want to connect it up to yep. sermon on the Mount, but w- beyond that, w- what's, what's kind of the vision and hope. Yeah, that's great. So biggest picture is just what you named to uh, awaken the ache that we all have, but we assuage or we take our thirst to false fountains or we, you know, feast on fast food rather mm-hmm. than the, the feast that God has brought before us. Or some of us in the more religious side would, we have a starvation diet. Uh, and so there's a spiritual anorexia of sorts. And, uh, and so how do we navigate that well? Like, what do we do with this fact that we have spiritual appetites? That's the biggest picture of what we want to see happen. June 5th, is when we start this series, and in the evening we're going to do a seek night built on Psalm 63 about hunger and thirst. Okay, so they'll be connected. That's exactly right. The Then, to kind of make that concrete, what does that actually mean? I want our people to pray the Psalms. <laughs> I, I just think that um, the book of Psalms has been given to us, I, I really believe it's the most theologically rich and psychologically rich portion of the entire Bible. And I've got historical precedents to make that statement. Um, Thomas Aquinas used the book of Psalms as his theological textbook when he was teaching through the Psalms, or teaching theology, mm. theology proper. He's, yeah. He would use the book of Psalms, which I just think is remarkable. And then uh, John Calvin, you know, big big name in our, in our neck of the woods. Calvin said that the book of Psalms is an anatomy of all parts of the soul. So if you want a good psychology textbook, you, you, you do well to look at the book of Psalms. And so why does that matter? Well, C.S. Lewis, as always, puts it probably best in his book called Letters to Malcolm, Chiefly on Prayer. And he says that there's a prayer that precedes all prayers. In other words, if you're about to pray, here's your, here's your clearing of the throat. Here's your mm. prolegomena. This is what you need to pray before you pray anything else. Yeah. May it be, be the real I who speaks. May it be the real thou that I speak to. In other words, I can't bring a fake version of myself if I'm going to pray. And I, I want to come to the real God. I don't want to come to some false idol I've made up. I don't want to come to a God that I've remade in my own image. I don't want to bring one of my many masks that I wear in my relationships to God. I don't want to bring God my religious self. I don't want to bring God my spiritual self. I don't want to bring God anything but my true self, who I really am. And so I think the Psalms really help us to unhide ourselves. Mm which is the human capacity for self-deception is remarkable. Like I'm, I'm always astounded by it. I bow before it in my own life. It's mm. just like unbelievable. It's why the Psalms teach us to pray. Yeah. Search me, O God, and know my heart because I can't do it. Or, uh, you know, Psalm, one, or Psalm 19 ends with declare me innocent from hidden faults. Who can understand his errors? Why? Because the Psalms understand that we are, we are like savant level geniuses at deceiving ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so we need the Psalms to help us to bring the real I to the real you, God. And so there's no book that can help us unhide ourselves better than the book of Psalms. So I really want people to take up the book of Psalms, to read them, to pray them, to pray them in community with one another, to meditate on them, to memorize them, to just saturate themselves in the book of Psalms such that 
when they go to pray, they know how to bring the real them and they know how to speak to the real God. And I think that's what the book, the book of Psalms is meant to do is to train us in this relationship that's at the center of the universe. Yeah, that's really good. And I think that's, you know, it's not, it shouldn't be news to anyone who's been around for a while that that's kind of the way we feel about the Psalms and mm-hmm. how it dovetails into the common rhythm and just other things that we want to promote for the flourishing of New City and the flourishing of our city. Yeah, that's exactly right. So one of my encouragements would be take one of your three times prayer and, and choose, a, choose a psalm, maybe the, the one of the four psalms we're going through, and just keep praying it, soak in it, get a sense for it. Um, another one would be uh, in your scripture reading, you could take the book of, or the, the, the month of June and do five psalms a day, and you'll get through the whole book by the end of the, the, the month of June, five times three, you know. Uh, yeah. Or, uh, yeah, if you started 30, if you started I mean, yesterday, that's true. That's true. It's, it's June second already. So that's okay. If you uh, maybe maybe you slow the pace down, spread it out across the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, there's honestly no rush, but there's ways you can get through the Psalms on a regular cycle. That's right. Really easily. Well, yeah. Well, I appreciate you sitting down with me, Ben, talking us through what's uh, coming up this coming Sunday, and I'm looking forward. I'm actually not going to be there, but I'm looking forward to catching up on the sermon and seeing where the rest of the sermons go in this series. Yeah, thanks, Nate. I'm looking forward to it as well.